You're listening to Confessions of a Grieving Mother by Emma's Footprints. Each week, we will be bringing you stories to give you a real look on what families go through after they experience a pregnancy or infant loss. Our goal is to help educate, support, and break the stigma around this topic. Be prepared for tears and laughter as we remember our babies. This is going to be real, raw, and vulnerable, so get your boots on. It's going to be messy. Good morning. Good morning. And happy new year to our listeners. Uh, Welcome to another episode of Confessions of a Grieving Mother. I am Tracy, Emma's mom. And I am Julie Gus's mom. And on the phone, we have Kelly. Hi, Kelly. Hi. Happy new year. Happy new year. Where are you calling us from? I am calling from Bolverde, Texas. Uh, It's just north of San Antonio. Oh, wow. How far from San Antonio? Oh, just like 20 minutes. I okay. could easily tell you I'm in San Antonio, but I love my little small town. So I'm going to rep, represent Bulverde. Okay. Um, well, I like that. One of my best friends from college lives in San Antonio. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. I, that's, I, but I've never been to Texas. Um, how did you, how did you hear of Emma's Footprints? So I heard about y'all. Um, y'all actually interviewed a friend of mine. Her name is Taylor Mist. Aww. And yeah, she has two angel babies and she posted her podcast with y'all and I listened to it. And then that's when I got hooked and have listened to probably 20 other mom stories by now. Um, but yeah, that's how I got connected with y'all. And so unfortunately, you have your own story to tell us. Yes, unfortunately, I do. Uh, I hate that, Kelly. I hate that. Um, did you grow up in Texas your whole life? I did. Yep. I actually grew up here in Wilverde, Um, went to school in San Antonio. I haven't ventured very far, but mm-hmm. it, that just shows that it's a great place to live. Yeah. Um, and you're married. What's your husband's name? Yes, I'm married. My husband's name is Nick. Um, we met in 2017. We, um, we had always like seen each other out like in group, group settings. And he was living and working in Midland, Texas at the time. That's like five hours from here. Um, so we first started dating in February of 2018. And we did long distance for like three years. Um, that was brutal. But yeah, we, we made it through it knowing the intentions of him moving back here. His family's here. I mean, all of our family and friends are here. So he moved back and we got engaged in 2021. And then we got married in April of 2022. Wow. That's not long ago. No, it's not. No, it's not. Relationship and through COVID. Oh, yeah. And like, I, I think it's so interesting people that date long distance. I don't know why. I just think it's like relationships in general are hard. And then to add like a long distance thing, I'm like, whoa, that's, you guys are yeah. rock I was not great at it. Nick, Nick was much better. And he, he would come home every weekend to see me. So he really put in a lot of, a lot of the work, but it was not ideal. <laughs> it's, hard. it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Lots of, um, you learned a lot of things about each other. I'm sure that we did. Maybe we, we did. Yeah. Or at least find out, you know, if you were in the same town. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you. What did that look like having the conversation about starting your family? Um, we, I mean, clearly it didn't take very long. Um, but we were just like, Hey, let's go on our honeymoon. And we had a trip that was planned in October of last year that I was like, you know, I really don't want to be pregnant for that trip. So if we get pregnant on the trip or anytime after, 
cool. You know, we're ready for it. Um, so we, we weren't going to be trying really hard, but we weren't not trying. Um, and we got pregnant quickly, easily. Um, and we found out like the end of October last year. So right, we're right around the time of anniversaries and everything for us. Yes. What did, how did you know you were pregnant and that you should take a test? Um, I just, I was late on my period and I remember we were going to our niece's softball game and I looked at him on the way and I was like, dude, I think I might be pregnant. <laughs> He's like, okay. And I took like four or five tests within the, the next few days. And like, how is this possible so fast? <laughs> it was. Yeah. Cause I mean, I know people struggle. I wasn't going into yeah. this thinking it's all rainbows and butterflies. You know, I knew that it could take time, but we were, we were lucky to get pregnant right away. Yeah. Does, did you um, have, sorry, did you have people around you that have had experience loss? I know you mentioned Taylor. Um, um, Taylor's the only one that I knew about losing a baby, you know, yeah. she, she unfortunately never made it full term, but further along in her pregnancy, um, friends of ours and family members have had miscarriages. So that's really all I was familiar with. Yeah. And I was going to ask what kind of families did you guys grow up in? Were they bigger size families or smaller? Um, so immediate family is just me and my sister, um, on my side and then Nick and his sister on his side. So pretty small there, but we have tons of cousins. And then, um, Nick's sister and bro my, our brother-in-law, they have three little ones. So they are six, three, and one now. Yeah. You have some auntie experience. I do. Yes. That was new, new for me. I was not really around kids a lot, but uh, they've been, as you can imagine, the biggest blessing in our life. You know, they live two minutes from us. So we, we see them all the time. Um, but yeah, that was, that was new. And they are never boring. <laughs> no. Well, you find out you're pregnant and you call the doctors and you start the appointments. How were those beginning appointments for you guys? Um, they were good. Yeah. We, I can't remember exactly when we had our first appointment, but um, everything looked good. And we, we were just kind of waiting to get to around eight weeks, 10 weeks before we told our immediate family that we were pregnant. Um, so we told them before Thanksgiving last year, I remember we did like little onesies and um, cookies and stuff to like boxes to tell them that we were pregnant. Of course, they were just ecstatic, especially my parents, because it'd be the first grandbaby for them. Um, so yeah, we told them just before Thanksgiving. And then we realized it'd probably be hard to keep it a secret very long. So we ended up just telling all of our extended family when we saw them on Thanksgiving too, because all of our family lives here. So we were able to tell everyone in person. It's super exciting. It's yeah. So I bet those holidays were just complete joy and excitement. Yes. Thanksgiving. Yes. Everything uh, came tumbling down before Christmas, unfortunately. Um, so in my birthday's on Christmas, I turned 30 last year. So it was oh, a, a yeah, it was supposed to be a special year, but um, we did the uh, 10 week gender test and chromosome testing. I mean, in my mind, this is my first pregnancy. So I was like, okay, cool. We'll do the testing and find out if we're having a boy or a girl. 
Um, and then this, we got our results back just like right before Christmas. And, um, one of those things, like you'll never forget, I was sitting in the living room and my OB called and I answered it. And she's like, it's three days before Christmas. And she was like, Hey Kelly, you know, I went back and forth between calling you because I saw that your birthday's on Christmas. And I just felt like I had to call you and tell you, um, your baby has trisomy 18. And I had no idea what that was. I just kind of let her talk, you know, she was probably explaining it to me, but everything just don't, I just zoned out, you know? Um, so as soon as we get off the phone, I grab my computer, I grab my tissues and I grab my dog and we get in bed and I just started Googling what trisomy 18 was. Um, so it's just basically, I know that y'all know, but for anyone else, it's just where, uh, our baby had an extra 18th chromosome when she should have only had two. Um, so I looked up basically what that was going to look like for us. Um, and I was expecting to probably miscarriage, uh, or miscarry her. Um, and then of course, if you make it longer, it's, you probably are going to have a stillbirth. And then if you get lucky enough to make it to delivery, they would pass shortly after birth. So we just kind of took it step by step from there. Um, we had to go start seeing a specialist, of course. And the first few specialist appointments, they were very positive about what they saw. Um, they really, I guess she just wasn't big enough yet before for them to start noticing um, the development issues. So it really wasn't until around like 20 weeks or so we had that like, hard truth doctor that we needed that told us like it if you don't do further testing to tell you a hundred percent that she has trisomy 18 I'm telling you right now like 99 percent she has trisomy 18. What was your husband's reaction to the like this news and these appointments? Oh he was very supportive like he did not miss an appointment um he he just gets quiet, you know. He is trying to be strong for me. Um, he asked a lot of questions for the appointments, and I, he was my little note taker over there in the mm-hmm. corner. Um, but I, I, he was just supportive. He did literally everything he could do for me. Um, so yeah, we we rallied together for sure. Um, but it was just, it was just hard, you know? Especially you, you talk a little just, bit about, what's that? I was just going to say it's your first year of marriage. And obviously yeah. 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 Can you talk a little bit about um, like the emotional toll it takes to walk around with a big old belly or a growing belly and have people compliment you and the excitement behind it when you are holding on to so much? internally about what's happening yeah that's it's hard because you're battling between like joy and 
grief because you're so happy. You are, I am pregnant. She is growing inside of me. She is living inside of me. This is a time to celebrate, but also I know what's to come. Um, So yeah, it was a battle and we told our, our extended family, like all of our family knew it just came down to who else outside of that. Do we tell um, friends? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was hard. And there are friends that we, we never told because we just, we just kind of distanced ourselves and, um, we just had to do that to protect ourselves. And thankfully everyone understands that too. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with more of Kelly's story. Join us as Emma's Footprints says farewell to our winter gala event on Saturday, March 2nd at the Ambassador Center. Our gala gives friends and families of those who have experienced a pregnancy or infant loss the opportunity to gather together, remember their babies, and support Emma's Footprints mission. This gala is not just an event, it's an experience. Enjoy an evening of entertainment, delicious food, and the company of friends and family. You can go to emmasfootprints.com to get your tickets. We hope to see you on March 2nd. Okay, Kelly. So, um, you found out pretty early on, you said like, that was like 12 weeks. We found out at 10 Ish. weeks. We found out 10. that she had, she had trisomy 18 before we even found out we were having a girl. Oh yes. Okay. That was from the early testing so, that you did. Yes. Yeah. So then you say it's Christmas and then you say it's your birthday. Like that's so heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you, how did you show up for yourself in those moments? Did you know how to, did you have a support system around you just to, you know, it's like, sometimes you want to be happy and sometimes you want to be sad and sometimes you want to celebrate being 30 and sometimes you'd rather just crawl in a hole. Yeah. Um, thankfully we have a really good support system. Uh, the timing of everything is crazy. The day that I found out, my sister and Nick's sister were actually planning a surprise birthday party for me. Um, mm. So I found out like a few hours before that. And then we went over there and like, I held it together. Um, Cause I didn't, it's just news that you don't want to share with people. Like yeah. it's real and it's happening, but it just sucks to tell people that. And then they don't really know what to say. And it just brings the mood down. So um, I don't know if I showed up for myself. I really don't. I mean, you just kind of, you just kind of do it. And a lot of like my dad, I remember him being like, of course he went and, and started researching this too. And he's like, you know what? Let's just stay positive. This is not a death sentence. Like there are babies that survive and like maybe the tests were wrong. So like, let's just stay positive. So really like all through, I think the end of December or early January, we just, we went in it like, she's going to be okay. Like you you just never know. And we believe that God can perform miracles. So we were, we were going that route. What? So you had to, how often did you have to see the specialist? What did your appointments look like? We went every four weeks. Okay. Yeah. And, um, unfortunately those weren't covered by my insurance. So, Oh, we God. were paying out of pocket every time we went on the, to those appointments. 
Yeah. Um, is it because it was a specialist or? I think it was this specific one and we knew that going into it, but like, I was like, let's just do our first appointment with them and we'll just, maybe we'll switch after that. But of course we went and we loved them and yeah. it was just such a good fit that I, I couldn't, I was like, we're good. We're just going to pay this and we, this is where we need to be. Um, but when it got into further testing, like we could have done the amnio test and we thought about it. And when they quoted us for it, we just said, "Never mind." That's, that's the doctor that told us like that test will tell you a hundred percent. I'm telling you right now, like she has this. So what do you, what do you and your husband do for work? Um, I am a compensation analyst. I work for iHeartRadio. So I work from home, um, which is nice. And then Nick, he is a regional manager for an oil and gas company. Um, so he's like constantly traveling south. And he actually does have to go back to Midland every other week now. Um, oh. That started again after we got married. <laughs> um, but sometimes I go with him. So that's not bad. Um, but yeah, working from home, this was like, this is perfect. I'm going to be a mom but i can still keep my job and just have the perfect little life you know right. working here from home best of both worlds mm-hmm. so then uh having this news and working at home did that what what did that look like for you honestly i'm thankful that i got to work from home after getting the news and everything because i look back and i was truly able to be present and like take care of myself and cherish being pregnant with Blaney instead of being in an office all day, um, sitting there and commuting. Like I just, I don't know. I just got that special time bonding with her that I feel like maybe I wouldn't have gotten if I wasn't working from home. Yeah. That's a great point. You're in your own space. Yeah. You're not in the hustle and bustle of work life, you know, to kind of miss those special moments really yeah exactly especially knowing that these were really important moments and all the moments we were going to get together right when you found out she was a girl did is that when you named her or how did you um yeah we named her i think it was in february i came up with the name um so my family we race uh stock cars so we love nascar and um we got her name from a driver. His name's Ryan Blaney. And I was just like, that, that would be such a cute girl's name. So yeah, her name, first name is Blaney and her middle name is Rose after my, my grandma. That's super special. Did you reach out to the race car driver and tell him? I did. Well, um, we had people that did that for us. Actually, we, a good uh, family friend of ours, he knows someone that works with one of his main sponsors and he actually just sent us um, some signed autographs that say, like, uh, Blaney Rose forever racing in our hearts. Aww. So, so sweet. Yeah. That is so That's cool. Just, yeah. Yeah. Blaney Very Rose. cool. I know. I'll race so, hard um, <laughs> what, did, um, what did the rest of your pregnancy look like? We're t- we were going to the doctors every four weeks. We're 99% confirmed this is what it is. Yeah, I I loved being pregnant. I never got sick. Um, she moved around a lot. 
Like I, I kept working out. Like there was no changes for me. So I absolutely loved being pregnant. Um, so I would say really it was a very normal pregnancy besides um, knowing her condition. Um, but like I said, like her heartbeat was always good. She was always moving. Like I felt her get the hiccups. Yeah. So it was that it was really cool. Like she she was perfectly fine to me. So that was where I kind of battled like how is she not going to make it? It's like she's growing and she's she, right. everything seems so perfect. Like how is there something wrong? And did they talk about yeah. the birth plan then? Like at some point you transitioned to hey we're going to meet her. Yeah. So I was pretty adamant that I wanted to have I didn't normal vaginal birth. I wanted to avoid C-section at all costs, um, with, within reason, you know, if, if yeah, we sure. needed to for an emergency, of course. Um, so they had told us to basically expect her early. Um, babies with trisomy 18 come usually before 37 weeks and are very small. Um, so around 37 weeks, like Nick stopped actually probably before that Nick stopped going to Midland. Um, we kind of parked it here for a while, just, just waiting on her and, mm-hmm my doctor knew like all my wishes and everything. Um, but a little girl stayed in me until 41 weeks. <gasps> wow. Yes. We went past my due date. I was due on July 11th and we were doing weekly cervix checks. And my doctor was like, I, I was in between like, I'm ready for this, but also I'm not ready. Um, yeah. And I remember asking like, well, if I, deliver her early does that mean like we'll get more time with her and like of course it doesn't work like that <laughs> yeah. but that's, that's, yeah that's like good thing yeah, yeah I thought so I thought so um but yeah we went um we finally were like okay well, my doctor's like I don't want you to go past 41 weeks because then we just get the other complications so um July 17th that Monday we went into triage and then I was admitted and um, that evening they did the cervidil to get me to start dilating. Cause like nothing was happening on its own. And then literally not even like, I think it was in for like three or four hours. And then I was already like full steam dilating on my own. So they took it out. They took it out around midnight and so um, what, were your, what were your emotions like walking into the hospital knowing that like I'm about to walk into some really hard days and moments ahead of me like what were you thinking and experiencing or even your husband too um we were very calm I will say mm-hmm. like we weren't panicking we weren't crying none of that again this was our first this is our first baby yeah. so we I didn't really know what to expect anyways um but I I really think we were we were calm and we were just like, okay, this is happening. You know, we're not yeah. going to panic. We're not going to start. We're not going to start grieving right. yet. Right. She's still here. She's still with right. us. Yeah, but I will say every time they would check her, I would you know, of course, I'd get nervous and I had them keep the heart monitor on because I just wanted to make sure she was okay. Um, so we, yeah, everything started happening around, I guess like midnight. Um, 
and like Monday night. And I, all my, this is like, I, I asked for this all throughout my pregnancy. I was like, you know, if this is going to happen and we're going to lose her, I really want to feel <laughs> giving birth. Like I want to experience every part of Blaney's life. Yeah. Um, so around like 2 a.m., um, I was starting to have contractions. And I was like, okay, this is not fun. So I asked for an epidural. <laughs> And they didn't come to like. I want to feel this. <laughs> yeah, I was like, never mind. I'm good. This is good. <laughs> A little bit, right? Yeah. <laughs> Around like 4:30, they finally came in, gave it to me, and I was like, okay, this feels better. Um, all of our family was there. The staff was amazing. They actually put us in kind of a quieter area, and they allowed our family to be in the room next to us, um, so they didn't have to be out in the waiting room. And, um, so that was, that was nice, but they stayed pretty late that night. And then we were able to get some sleep. Um, but then around like seven in the morning, my family was starting to come back. This was on Tuesday, the 18th. And, um, I like, I started to feel, I was like able to wiggle my toes and I was starting to feel some things. And it was like, well, just a little bit of discomfort. And I didn't, I didn't know if that was normal So it took me a while to ask about it, but finally it was getting really uncomfortable. So I asked for the anesthesiologist to come back in and it took him forever to come back in. Well, when he finally did, they had realized that my epidural, like the needle had slipped out. Mm -hmm. So all the medicine's just running down my back. I'm getting, I'm getting nothing, (laughs) nothing. So I was like, okay, this is cool. I, Blaney could really just feel it, but like, so I heard the epidural, so I'm not sure what's happening here. (laughs) Yeah. Well, when they finally redid the epidural, I was already 10 centimeters. So I had basically labored on my own from five centimeters to 10 centimeters. So really, I did it besides the pushing part, which I'm thankful for. Yeah. Strong girl. (laughs) That's right. So you're 10 centimeters, your family's in the other room because they made it back to the hospital, right? Yes. Yeah. Everyone's there. Um, So yes, they're next door because I kicked everyone out when I could feel everything. I was like this, I don't need an audience for this. Yeah. Um, So they all went out and then I think they came back in when, after I got my second epidural and they just kind of gave us hugs and said it was go time. And yeah, they all waited in the next room and it didn't take, but I mean, maybe six or seven pushes in total of like 20 minutes, maybe. And she was born at 12, 26 PM on July 18th. Yep. And she was five pounds, 11 ounces. So she was not, not big, of course, but not small, like. A typical trisomy 18 baby is usually much smaller than that. Um, And I remember like when she first came out, there was probably, I mean, it felt like forever, but probably a good 10 seconds of her not crying. Um, And then she finally let one out and she was perfect. Like looked perfect. Everything. Um, And she had the, you know, the clenched hands, which is a sign of trisomy 18 and, the rocker feet, but other than that, like she looked absolutely perfect. 
just fall in love with them. Oh yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Immediately. And it's such yeah. a weird, yeah, a weird thing to experience. <laughs> How First long? My mom had no idea. Yeah. How long did you have with her? So she lived for seven hours. Wow. Yeah. So within that time, there's so many blessings. Um, obviously all of her family was there. So everyone got to meet her. Um, I got to feed her. She oh. did eat once. Wow. That was, yeah, that was really special. And our pastor from our church just like happened to be in the area and he came and baptized her while she was still alive. Um, yeah, she never, she, she was never not held while she was, yeah. while she was with us and our nieces got to meet her. So we have pictures of all of them together. Um, so yeah, her life was short, but very special and very, very meaningful. Yeah. All she knows is love. Right? Yes. Yeah. That's it. That's exactly true. Um, and really all, all that happened was like, I remember Nick kept asking our nurse, the head NICU nurse, like, you know, what should we be looking for? Because she looked so perfect. Like yeah. literally nothing looked wrong with her. So Nick was like, what, what should we be looking for? And she really didn't want to answer that. And mm -hmm. I look back at that and I think that she probably just wanted us to enjoy our time together and not be worrying and like looking for signs. Right. Um, so I am thankful for that. But um, when we found out that it was getting close to the end, I remember my sister was holding Blaney and the nurse came in to just check her heartbeat again. And she just, she made, she gave me the look yeah, and told us like, okay, it, her, her heart rate is, is slowing down. Um, so we, Michelle, my sister brought Blaney back into bed with me and her and Nick's sister had made me and Blaney this special um, Bible. It's mm -hmm. like customized for her. And I don't know why I was just, this wasn't part of the plan, but I was just like, give me her Bible, you know? And we just read scripture over her. Um, and we had, I had a playlist already made just a bunch of like worship music. We had that going and we just cried and mm -hmm. She passed away in our arms. I don't think unless you've actually been in that space. You know, I This year I had the honor and privilege to be in the hospital in a room um, with, when that happened with a little guy. And yeah, it is not what you imagine, um, you know, and I think that's what we get so scared, even just thinking about that or thinking about that moment. And it just, that just sounds so beautiful and peaceful. And uh, it, I can tell, you know, the Holy Spirit was, was in there and the Lord was with you. And in the midst of, of that, you know, it, the peace and it just sounds so beautiful. It does. Incredible. Surrounded with love and mm -hmm. the both and, you know. Yeah, it really was like, it's hard to look back at that, at that time and be sad because it was so joyful. Yeah. Like I, I, she just, 
and everything she overcame, like everything that they said she wouldn't, she wouldn't make it to 40 weeks. She wouldn't do this, do that. She did it. Like she lived a full life and we're a huge believer in that there's uh, meaning in numbers. And I think the, that she was born in the seventh month and she lived for seven hours, like seven represents completion. Yeah. So like, to me, that just gives me so much comfort. Like she lived a complete life and we were all there for it. Kelly, how did you, um, how did you know, like, did you have anybody that helped you walk this journey of what it was going to look like, what the hospital days were going to look like? How did you know, like, you know, let's have our family there. Let's make these memories. Let's have, you know, a custom Bible. I know you said that was a gift, but how did a lot, I feel like these are all huge pieces to your story and they make your story like peaceful, like we just said. And, and, you know, did you have any guidance? Did you have, I know, um, Tracy, do we have like bereavement doulas that do that? And did you have one of those? Did you hear of that? No, I knew that the, that that's out there. Um, I've heard of other organizations that could help with that, but I didn't want it. Um, but we did meet with the NICU team at the hospital and a chaplain. Um, there were like seven of them and I can't remember all of their titles, but they met with us around like 30 weeks um, and basically went over what to expect, um, decisions that we would need to make, letting me know you can change your mind at any moment mm-hmm. and everything's fluid. So I think that part of being in the hospital, like they prepared me for that. Yeah. Yeah, as far as everything else, I mean, I read a couple books. Um, I read the book, I Will Carry You, which is amazing. It took me forever to get through it because I would just stop and cry and all the things. But um, that one was really helpful, too. And so, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I know that there are other resources that would be, could have probably helped me more. But I truly don't look back and think, Oh, I wish I would have done this or I wish yeah. I didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. It, you, it sounds like you did all, all of the things that somebody would tell you to do. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What does that look like uh, the weeks and months afterwards? Because we're, I know this is our the episode of the first year of 2024, but we're recording this in October. So it's not even been three months. And no, yep, it has not. We knew for so long, so we weren't shocked by anything that happened. Um, But I will say these past two months have been pretty awful, just just in the season of life that we're in. Um, A lot of our friends are having babies. A lot of our friends are pregnant. And it's just kind of uncomfortable situations to be around. And although they're extremely supportive, it's just... I'm in that, that moment of like, I'm sad. I'm happy for you, but I'm sad for me. Yeah. Have you and Nick talked about what the holidays are going to look like for you two this year? We, we probably have different views on it. Like to me, I could probably not even put a Christmas tree up and just be sad, you know, let myself be sad. But I think Nick's probably going to be the one that really carries us through um, just, just because of the nature, just, that's just how he is. 
Um, but we, thankfully we stay around here. So we'll be around our family. And if we don't make it into anything, people understand. Yeah. Like we have no one in our life that's going to judge us for protecting our emotions. So yeah, TBD. I don't know. There are yeah. days that I'm like, oh, I'm excited for Halloween and to go out with our nieces and nephews. But then there's another day where I'm like, oh, I don't, those, those are triggers, you know, being around all those families. Like there's a lot of triggers that we're having to deal with now. Well, I, I love, hold that, you know, make, make the tentative plan. And then if the day comes and you're like, not feeling it. Yeah, throw it in the bed. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's nothing wrong. I'm, I'm learning. Cause I do say sorry a lot, but I'm learning to stop being sorry. Like if yeah. I change my mind, that's totally fine. And if people don't understand it, that's fine too. You yeah. just called Julie and I. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm happy for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy. Around here, if you apologize, you owe us a dollar. So, oh, that's a that's I, a good rule. I don't ever say I'm sorry anymore, so it's, yeah, it's great. <laughs> I win. <laughs> the next time you apologize, I'm like, oh shoot, now I owe Tracy and Julie a dollar. Darn it! <laughs> I'm you gonna accept, keep that in the back of my mind. Yes, except Venmo <laughs> checks, <laughs> donations online. This might be our mission. Stop apologizing you're, for taking care of yourself. Yeah, you'll see a dollar and be like, oh, that's <laughs> Kelly. Like, <laughs> Kel, would you apologize for? <laughs> we should really start charging Julie for that because we have I said to- it. I said it at the walk to one of our vendors and I was like, okay, I'm going to, so every time you apologize, you're going to owe me a dollar. And she just stared at me. I was like, so that's what I'm saying here. Okay, so stop. It's fine. <laughs> Just carry oh, jars and like we did it. Yeah, yeah, it was a dollar. That's so great. Yeah, we have to be bold and not apologize for our grief. You know, so we're teaching the things. Oh, Kelly, I want to give you a big hug. Why are you all in? Why are you in Texas? That's so funny. I know. Um, I'm not ready to wrap up yet. Did you just? Dis- did you decide to? Did you guys decide to cremate or bury or? What were your um, wishes? We cremated Blaney. um, And my brother-in-law was the absolute best. He was like, y'all, y'all are not handling this. He did, he did all the calling to, to find the funeral home. um, And he, he just facilitated all of that for us. He was like, you're not paying for this. You're not meeting with any of them. Like I've got this for y'all. So yeah, we cremated her and I went back and forth, but I just couldn't, I, I, I physically like, I could not picture her in a casket. So yeah. we did the cremation and she, we found a, Nick found a beautiful little urn on Etsy and our symbol for Blaney is a butterfly and it, it already had a little butterfly on it. And oh. I was like, this is it. That's perfect. Order it. I don't, yeah. I don't want to do anything else, but <laughs> Um, but we, yeah, we went and picked her up. Um, cause that's another thing like that's engraved in my brain is the very last few minutes with her at the hospital. We, they told us we could stay, um, up to a week, but you know, we're holding her and I, I didn't want to put her down. So we were like, let's just embrace as much time as we can. And we ended up leaving that the next day, Wednesday, that evening. Um, but I'll 
you just never forget like them asking like are you ready yeah Yeah. like no like what no absolutely not um but yeah the last just image I have of her is them rolling her away um so I just I just wanted to remember her perfect like that yeah and she'll always be perfect like that and we have so many pictures and videos that we'll be able to share with our future kids whenever that time comes and our nieces ask to watch videos and see pictures of her all the time so it's it's really special that we have everything that we do have yeah Um, yeah yeah how how have your nieces navigated this i'm sure you know them living so close to you and they saw you get bigger like did did you tell them Uh while you were pregnant what was going on yeah so bailey was too young she just turned three so she you know loved to see my belly and baby baby blaney's in there you know she loved that um ellie was old enough to understand so um her parents told ellie what was going on so she knew and she understood it in a six-year-old's mind which is the most pure form of understanding something like this yeah Yeah. so she knew that blaney went to be with jesus like I don't know. There's just something so special about talking to her about it and, yeah. and about Blaney. And she asks mm-hmm. about her all the time. She remembers so much. She draws me pictures of butterflies all the time. Like it's, it's been very, very special. Cause we have not just, okay, move on. Right. She, she wasn't here. You're not going to remember her when you're older. Like, no, this, <laughs> she remembers her and we're going to talk about her for the rest of our lives. And I think that's so important. I know it's not an easy conversation with kids. I know there's no right or wrong way to necessarily do it. It's what you decide as parents or a family. But I think it's yeah important for kids to know, ugh, right? Grief is in our life. Sadness is in our life. We can't get around that. And mm-hmm. when we stuff it and hide it or pretend it's not there or make up an excuse, you know, it mm-hmm. Again, every situation is different, but it, it's beautiful when you allow them into your story and into Blaney's story to be part of the story right. and help them. You know, they're just going to grow up learning the healthy way to kind of navigate grief and sadness, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what I wanted too. I mean, it wasn't my decision to make, it was ultimately Nick's sisters, like as a parent. Yep. But they were so supportive of whatever, whatever we wanted to share with her when, with the kids, like they were open to it. Yeah. So yeah, I love that we have that like open dialogue and we talk about Blaney so, so much. Yeah. That's why I told, I, I tell everyone that, that has kids, um, they always, if they feel bad, like about them, the kids asking like, Oh, where's Blaney? Whatever. I'm like, don't, please don't, mm-hmm. don't stop them. I more so dread the day that they stop asking. Yeah. Yeah. That is great wisdom for our listeners. Yeah, that's accurate. We always love to hear our baby's name. Mm-hmm. We'll you're, yeah, let's, like, I've read so much, but it's like, you're not, you're not making me sad. I'm already sad. Right. <laughs> didn't remind me. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Nope. I'm more crying because you just said my daughter's name to me. Because. Yeah. <laughs> Happy tears. Yes. Yeah. You said her name. That's important. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much, Kelly, for reaching out and sharing your story. You're, you are brave and your story is absolutely beautiful. And so thank you for sharing with us and sharing Blaney, Blaney Rose. Blaney Rose. Yeah. Thank you all so much. I mean, I hate that I'm here, but I'm so thankful. (laughs) Hate to know you. Yeah. (laughs) But so thankful for this platform and I've been connected to so many women. Y'all are miles and miles away and we're connected now. So very thankful for what y'all do. Well, you can start our Texas chapter. (laughs) Hey, let's, let's have a formal meeting after this. (laughs) I am in. (laughs) They get a request for a walk in Texas. So we did a request for a walk. So I just remembered that. Set that there. Oh, I've if already you can make there. that in San Antonio, yeah, or any, I'll be there anywhere in Texas. I'll be there. But what I'm hearing, Kelly, lead volunteer yes. planning committee, yes, <laughs> heading up the Texas chapter. Great, <laughs> hey, I love it. I've been praying for ways that God uses me and uses Blaney continuously, so this can be added to the list. And then, right, we Aww. just made you an email, we just sent you an email, <laughs> <laughs> and emlisprince.com. Perfect. <laughs> I love that for our team. (laughs) Love that for your brand. (laughs) Oh, well, I hope you take care of yourself today. These are always emotional. So do something, invest in yourself. Tell Nick hi. (laughs) I will. From us. And um, can't wait to meet you guys in person whenever that is. Thank you listeners for tuning in. Stay tuned next week for another episode of Confessions of a Grieving Mother.